0: It would be great to have uh, your Bibles open or your Bible apps open, whether you're joining us uh, in person this morning or online um, at our reading for today, Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 40. Let us begin with prayer. Almighty Father, as you have given us your word, give us now your spirit that we may understand and live the things which we hear. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our Encountering Jesus series, as we reach week nine, we look at one final healing miracle. As we look at various encounters that people had with Jesus, it shouldn't surprise us that we have a focus on healing Because of the 37 miracles described in the Gospels, two-thirds involved Jesus healing someone. So let's cast our eyes back at the healings we've looked at so far in this series. In week three, friends brought a paralysed man to Jesus, digging through the roof and lowering him down in front of Jesus. Jesus. Next, we heard about the man with the shriveled hand whom Jesus saw and healed in the synagogue on the Sabbath. In week five, we considered the faithful centurion who sent Jewish elders and then friends asking Jesus to heal one of his servants. Then we saw Jesus bring the widow's son back to life as he literally walked into the funeral procession. And last week, we looked at the story of the man who fell at the feet of Jesus, tormented by evil, whom Jesus freed. And today, at the beginning of our passage, we see Jairus also falling at Jesus' feet, pleading with Jesus to heal his daughter. These encounters are all a little bit different in the way they are initiated Some approach Jesus, while others are approached by Jesus. Some seem to be intentional, like the healing of the centurion's servant and Jairus. But many seem incidental, but not accidental, as Jesus and the person needing healing happen to be at the same place at the same time. Like the widow's son or the man with the shriveled hand. We could say the right place at the right time. But however each encounter begins, each one occurs in public, in front of witnesses. No one could argue that these people weren't healed, and no one could say it wasn't Jesus who was responsible. Whenever Jesus healed someone, he meant it, His focus was on that person. He engaged with them. He looked into their hearts. He gave them his full attention. Like Bartimaeus, a blind man who was brought before Jesus. Jesus looked at him and asked him, what would you have me do for you? The answer seemed obvious, but Jesus was interested in him, just as he was interested in each And every person he healed. Our story begins. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. If you're thinking you've heard something very similar in the last few weeks, you'd be right. It sounds a lot like how the story of the centurion begins back in chapter 6. When Jesus entered Capernaum, there a centurion's servant, whom his master valued, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders asking him to come and heal his servant. Jesus arrives in two towns and is confronted with two life and death situations. But the healing that we're going to focus on today, the woman with the bleeding condition, is very different. Now let's remember that Jesus is on his way to heal a dying child. He was on a mission, so to speak. Jairus definitely didn't want Jesus to be interrupted Or delayed but we know that Jesus thinks the bleeding woman is just as important as the dying daughter one way of summarizing this woman's position would be lying at the bottom of a deep pit with no way out and no one to help someone who knew what that was like was Corrie ten Boom who was imprisoned and sent to a concentration camp for protecting and helping Jewish people during World War II? She said this about her experiences there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. This woman, just as Corey Tenboom did, trusted God and she would do anything to receive the healing she so desperately needed. This morning, we'll look at why this woman would have felt so hopeless, Jesus' greater power, and how this woman is healed by faith. Our story continues. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. We meet a woman who has had an extremely tough time for 12 years. She struggles with a condition that caused her to bleed. And despite the efforts of many doctors, her condition was worse than ever. Because of the nature of this condition, she would have been an outcast, considered ritually unclean. She would have been treated the same way as those with various skin diseases, such as leprosy except that her condition was invisible. Her condition would have affected every single one of her relationships, her family relationships, her friendships, her marriage, if indeed she was married, so she would have been lonely. Adding to the pain of isolation, we read in Mark's version of this story that she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. She was alone, she was broke, and she was getting worse. But even in the desperate position that she was in, she hadn't given up. There lives in her a determination to keep trying. She hears about Jesus and has faith that if she can just touch his cloak, that will be enough to heal her. She doesn't think that someone like her could actually ask Jesus for help face to face. She's an unclean woman, but she recognises his power and trusts in him. Still, getting close enough to Jesus will not be easy. The crowd was so big that it nearly crushed Jesus. But she is determined. She follows him and takes her chance. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Mark's version adds this, and she felt in her body that she was free from suffering. She was healed. After 12 years of isolation, she finally had her chance to rejoin life with her family, her friends, her husband or possibly get married and have children. We might be thinking that Jesus had a more pressing task to attend to. Surely this bleeding condition wasn't wasn't a life and death situation, as Jairus' daughter's illness was. But if we think about this woman's life and the impact of her condition, we can conclude that while she was alive, she wasn't really living when Jesus healed this woman, he gave her life back to her. We see Jesus' power and authority to heal in a new way. Previously, Jesus has spoken words of healing or touched the person who needed healing. This time, the woman touches just the very edge of his cloak. That is all that is needed. Jesus has authority over illness and we see his power and willingness to heal. We know that the pit was deep, but Jesus' love was so much deeper. This story of healing reminds us, no matter how desperate our situation, no matter how difficult things are for us or for our loved ones, we are never out of God's reach. Thankfully, medical knowledge has improved in the last 2,000 years. There are now treatments available for many medical conditions, but very few, if any, can claim to cure or bring healing as Jesus can. If we seek him in faith, Jesus is there for us. Jesus is interested in us. He wants to know us. He longs to restore us and to respond to our faith in love. The woman is healed, but that is not the end of the story. Our story now takes a dramatic turn. Jesus asks, who touched me? When they all denied it, Peter said what everyone was thinking. Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus persists. Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Jesus stops in the middle of this huge surging crowd and he wants to know who has touched him because he knows that his power has healed someone. The disciples can't understand why Jesus is asking this, given that the crowd was so big that everyone had probably touched him. But Jesus knows something significant has happened something unplanned, something unexpected, and power has left him. And he knows that that someone's touch was one of faith, and he wants to know who it was. Now Jesus was on his way to bring life back to the daughter of Jairus, a synagogue leader, an important man of the town. But Jesus stopped to engage with an outcast a woman. Can you imagine how she was feeling? Having been rejected for 12 years and finally feeling whole again, she's being sought out by the one who healed her. What would he do? Would he take the healing away? Would she be in some kind of trouble? Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed then he said to her daughter your faith has healed you go in peace it took immense courage and humility for her to come forward and admit what she had done Extraordinary bravery to tell her story and to declare in front of everyone what had happened. But Jesus knew what he was doing. He wasn't being cruel. If the woman had just crept away, would anyone have believed her if she had said she was well? After 12 years of bleeding, would she have been accepted back into her family back into life in society. By calling her out and making her publicly tell her story, Jesus didn't just heal her physically, he restored her in every possible way. And he gave her all the time in the world to tell her story. In that moment, in that encounter, she had his full attention. Jesus, the king of the universe, called her daughter. She was publicly declared not just healed, not just ritually clean again, but accepted fully as she was called daughter by God's son. Instead of Jesus telling her not to tell anyone what he had done, as he did in previous cases of healing, he was declaring it to the world so that everyone knew she was restored in body, mind and soul. She was fully alive once more. We're reminded that Jesus is never in a hurry, never in a hurry with us. He gives us time. He gives us his full attention. Nothing is as important to him as that moment when he is connecting with us. He wants to hear our whole story. Now, whether that moment involves us or a loved one being healed physically is not promised. But what Jesus does is to bring healing to our souls, restoring us to him, reconciling us to him. And he calls us son and daughter For that is what it means to be saved. The good news is that Jairus' daughter is also healed. Yes, the delay means that she dies. But Jesus ignores the instructions to stay away and not waste his precious time. Once again, Jesus demonstrates his power over death. Just as he has demonstrated his power over sickness. And in doing so, he gives us a glimpse of our own resurrection and eternal life with Jesus. Let us all be encouraged by this woman's healing and her faith. Whatever our story, whatever our journey through life has been to this point, let's reach out and touch Jesus in faith. Let him welcome you into his family and let him minister to you bring healing, bring restoration, bring blessing with the word shalom, go in peace. Let us pray. Loving Father, we thank you so much for Jesus' love and compassion. We thank you that he loved us so much that he died on the cross for us and rose again. Let us be reminded of your love and your grace. Let us be encouraged by this woman of faith who reached out and was healed. Help us to reach out to you in faith in whatever need or challenge we face. Help us to go out into the world and share the good news that you bring us each day.